Welcome into another edition of Bears All Access. It's brought to you by IGS Energy. With Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak, breaking down the Bears and Packers coming up the Week 14 matchup at Lambeau Field on Sunday night football. You can hear the game starting at 4 o'clock with our pregame coverage on News Radio 1059 WBBM, the kickoff at 720. Uh, we want to thank our producers, Dan Barilli and Jordan Treadup, and the folks here at The Score. Coming up on the show tonight, we'll be joined by Cassius Marsh, the Bears' newest outside linebacker. The veteran will join us for a couple of segments. Then Wayne Larrabee, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, will join us as well. Uh, this is a great time, Tom, for an entree into what has been a big topic all week is the passion of this rivalry and how the players adapt and adopt it. You certainly lived it, both as a player and as an announcer. This is your second tour of duty this year. You're going up to Lambeau Field. What are your What are your emotions? You know, I talked to Leroy Butler today on the radio, and you kind of, no matter what area you're from, Jeff, you get the intensity of the rivalry. Because when I first started playing with the Bears, and I got the rivalry preached to be my Mike Ditka, a guy that lived in the rivalry and knew the importance of it. There's a guy across the ball like Forrest Gregg, who these two guys just didn't see eye to eye. And so the intensity was everything when I learned about the Packers-Bears rivalry as a player. Different than as a Bears fan, it, you're always a Bears fan. So I love this game. I can't wait. You know, the opportunity to upset Green Bay is the fun and the thing that really keeps you excited about it. Doesn't win you a championship this year, certainly. You're 4-8. and eight, You're struggling. You've lost 5 of 6 since that game in October. Uh, things have not developed offensively like we thought, but still, you do have that emotion that's in it, and yes, upsetting Aaron Rodgers would make a great day for everybody, including safety to Sean Gibson. I knew nothing about this rivalry until I got here, and now if you ask me how I felt about the rivalry a year ago, Stepping here in Hallis Hall compared to now, obviously it's different. It's a little more personal for me just being a part of it. And I haven't been here as long as some of the other guys, the Kings, the Eddie Jacksons, and those guys. So obviously it's personal. But, I mean, that's the nature of the business. That's the nature of the game, especially when you're coming into these rivalry games where it's so much history behind it. Um, you know, you got to take these things personal, but not personal to the point where it's going to get you off your playing level and, and, you know, get you doing uncharacteristic things. I don't think that it's anything like that. But you got to take these things personal. So when you win or when you uh, uh, you win your one-on-ones and you have those opportunities, you get a sack, you get to get hits on them, you get to, uh, you know, possibly intercept them. Like those things, yeah, absolutely, you take those things personal, man, because that's part of the rivalry. It's part of what this rivalry has built itself on, man. So you got to go in these games with a little bit of a personal uh, a chip on your shoulder for sure. And, Tom, this is Justin Fields' first trip at Lambeau Field, so he'll, he'll get a baptism. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an atmosphere like he hasn't faced before. And I know he's faced bigger crowds in in the college ranks. But, you know, when you get you go to the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry and you understand what that's all about, and then at a higher level in the NFL, you start understanding what the Green Bay-Chicago Bear rivalry is all about. It's intense. You don't have to be around it a long time like Deshaun Gibson to understand its role in the history of the Bears and its importance. So... Um, I, I just can't wait to see, uh, you know, what Sunday night brings. And Justin Fields was brought up to him this week. You know, it seems like everything's stacked against him a little bit here. You're going into Lambeau against a, a hot team, the second-ranked team in the NFC right now. You're coming off three cracked ribs, and there's a lot of folks out there that thinks this is an impossible task. The Bears are double-digit underdogs. He seems to think this is right up his alley. I feel good. I like it. I like it like that. I like it that way. Feel great. I like being the uh, underdog. You know, I, I think it just gives me 
an extra chip on my shoulder. And um, I like when people doubt me. So um, that, that just gives me extra motivation. So um, I love it. like his attitude. You know, when I sit there and I watch him at the podium, he doesn't sit there and, and be over-exaggerated about anything. It's kind of real even keel. And, you know, take what you've had from past experience and bring them forward or capitalize on the new opportunity you're, you're given and, and do your best and be prepared. And that's what's going to happen Sunday night in Lambeau. Well, you've uh, suggested the Bears might go for the toe for Aaron Rodgers. We'll talk <laughs> about that coming up later in the show. But uh, they're going to go for the ribs of Justin Fields. So taking big hits, not on the plan this week for the Bears quarterback. I'm going to have to be smart this, this upcoming game with you know not taking uh, as many hits as I usually do. So, um, of course, I'm going to be smart about that and be uh, cognizant about that for sure. You going to wear anything underneath to protect your ribs? Uh, yeah, I usually wear something. And a lot of quarterbacks do, don't they, to, to protect the yeah. area of their body? Yeah, they have a built into their uniform now. It's just like putting on a tight T-shirt that has some rib, prote- rib protection and a little lower back protection built into it. All right, Tom, the injury report uh, out for today, and a lot of Bears could be coming back, namely Allen Robinson. We'll hear from him in our next segment. Akeem Hicks, still limited, but that's better than being out of practice uh, are you optimistic about these developments? Mario Edwards Jr. full practice today. David Montgomery limited. He got three different uh, bumps and bruises on his body after that game against Arizona. There's a long list. Right, but this is the type of game that adrenaline and, and just pure passion for the game kind of gets you to that next level. And I think if you're ready to play in terms of the veterans like Akeem and Allen Robinson, you got to do everything in your body in order to go out in that field with your teammates Sunday because you coming out of the locker room with them sometimes means as much as what happens on the field. All right, coming up next, we'll be joined by Cassius Marks, the Bears' outside linebacker, one of the new additions to the Bears' defense. It's all ahead here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Bears getting ready with their rivalry game against the Green Bay Packers up at Lambeau Field on Sunday night. Pleased to be joined by an NFL veteran, the former fourth-round pick of the Seattle Seahawks back in 14 from UCLA, Cassius Marsh, uh, one of the newer Bears, fitting in nicely in that Bears defense. Cassius, thanks for taking the time. And and you've been a man on the move in this NFL. Uh, you never know where you're going to wind up, I guess. And you, you get dropped into a Bears team that uh, needed some help on the defensive side of the fall. How's the fit been for you here for the Bears? Uh, I really enjoyed it, man. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the 3-4 outside linebacker spot. There's a lot of freedom to, to rush the passer and, uh, you know, not too much coverage responsibility. So I've, I've liked it. And the guys on the team are awesome. We have some great defensive players and um, everybody's been super welcoming. So I'm um, enjoying my time here and uh, happy to be here. Blessed. Khalil Mack goes on IR. There's a need for somebody, but you'd love to play, obviously, with a guy like that. Akeem Hicks healthy and just rotation up front. I've always felt that you can have two tiers of starting level players in a defensive line or, a, or in a 3-4 because those waves of players 
are very important to the overall impact on an opposing offensive line. So as much as you'd like to, to play with Cleo and everything, it's an opportunity for you. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, having depth at the outside backer, pass rusher, D-line in general is just, you know, what leads to championships for the most part, um, in, my, in my opinion. And I think most people would agree. Um, me and Khalil came in together. Um, I've watched him tear up the league for, you know, my whole career. And so it, it, I was, you know, definitely looking forward to, to playing with him, opposite of him. And having a guy like that in the defense obviously helps you win games. So he's got to handle his business and take care of his body. But um, definitely an opportunity for, you know, the rest of us to play a little bit more and continue to try and win some games for the Bears. Hey, Cash, so you're a fourth-round draft choice. I was a fourth-round draft choice. If we're talking in three or four years and you're still with the Bears because Jeff said you've been on a couple different teams, what is going to be the reason that you're still here with the Bears? Because, frankly, we enjoy seeing you. We enjoy your personality. And we want you to come to a destination like Chicago and be here in four or five years from now. Yeah, man. I, I, I've, I've enjoyed the city of Chicago. Um, I've got, you know, a good amount of friends here. Uh, you know, it's got an amazing fan base. The organization has been great. Facilities are awesome. It's it's everything that you would want as a player. It's historic organization as well. So the thing for every player is always, you know, uh, security and making sure, you know, I'm going to be a part of the future and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm, I haven't really, you know, thought about anything past this week, honestly, you know, because it's uh, it's hard to, to think that far down the road. And I have had uh, been a traveling man. So, you know, um, but it would it would be amazing to, to find a home here in Chicago. I think this is a, a great place to, to be and end up and, you know, hopefully one day retire. So I would I would absolutely love to, to stay here and stick around. And, you know, so I'm putting my my best foot forward every day so that that can uh, that can become a reality. So I, I was fined once in my career, and that was for leaving the bench to get involved in a fight on the field. Have you, like been, fined, have you been fined before the Pittsburgh game, or is that the first time you've been fined? Uh, I've been fined for some uniform, like a uniform thing one time. It was it was a bad one. I had like a, a helmet-to-helmet on Fitzgerald where he like dove head first, and I just happened to meet him uh, coming around, so... I got fined on that, but it got rescinded a little bit. I mean, it's not my first fine by any means, but it's it's most definitely the worst fine I've ever received, I think. It also received a whole lot of attention, so you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah, you did. I mean, it's, you were trending for a week strong. <laughs> Everybody, yeah, uh, even, even people that didn't follow football found out and learned your name. Yeah, no, that combined with this celebration was made it made it pretty stayed alive for a little while so i can't say i'm mad at it you're so i loved your celebrate your roundhouse kick man was awesome do you two questions of that do you practice martial arts number one and number two is did you see angelo blackson when he tried to imitate your roundhouse kick and did you offer him any advice how to do it better he he just he, he i did see it I, I saw it on film when i saw the the replay of it and it was it was dope man uh yeah he, he, i haven't i haven't you know given him any advice on anything like that you know he's just it's just all about reps as as, as anything i don't currently practice martial arts but I, I did as a child i was in taekwondo um for a number of years like five or six years so i practiced for a long time it's just kind of one of those things that never left me so that was legit i appreciate it man thanks yeah <laughs> 
Don't even ask me to try that one. I'm all five, seven and a half. <laughs> your legs are, your legs are too short. Yeah, I, I'd break my spine or something like that. Cassius Marsh, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 Score. This is Bears All Access with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. All right, Cassius, so you're, you're a California kid, uh, no question about it. Uh, UCLA, uh, one of the best high school football programs uh, in the country, and Oaks Christian, a lot of pro athletes coming out of there, including yourself. Uh, was football always the love? Were there other sports that you were interested in, or did you just – you know, follow that bloodline because uh, your father also was an NFL player, a wide receiver back in the day. Yeah, uh, football had been, you know, had been what I wanted to do for as long as I can remember. Probably like first grade, I started writing, I'm going to the NFL. And so um, that's always been the dream. I enjoyed other sports, you know. I love playing a good game at 21. I love hooping. Um, you know, I uh, did taekwondo and, you know, played baseball for a little while. And, you know, wrestling is fun. Like, I enjoy sports and competing, but football has definitely always been my number one, always been my love and my and my, my overall goal in life. So um, definitely wanted to follow my dad's footsteps. And then, you know, my older brother did it before I did as well. And so, you know, um, it always felt um, super tangible, you know, because I had just seen, you know, every my, everybody who, you know, in my family do it. So. Um, grateful, grateful for all the years that I've had in the NFL. It's provided me and my family with a, a ton of opportunities. So, at my po- my post career love is surfing. Do you are you going to take me surfing? Did you get into the water at all when you were out there growing up? Man, you literally. So my, I mean, with your dad playing in the league, he always you know thought about like being on a board and injuries away from football and like right. how that affects your contract. So he never really supported uh me being on boards and, and neither really did my mom and i remember this one time my mom so i begged for a skateboard uh my my like when i was like eight years old and she paid like a good amount of money for a skateboard and i got on it and just just busted my butt bro and and uh-huh. and i did not want to get back on it and she, i remember she locked me out of the house and was like you're not coming back inside until you learn how to ride this skateboard so i ran away I ran away, <laughs> and when I and when I came back to the house, dude, there was like a ton of policemen there, and like they thought I had like I got abducted. It was just a huge deal, man. It was it was pretty crazy, but yeah, boarding has never been my my natural thing, man. Uh, but one thing I would love to to get into when I'm done playing is is snowboarding and surfing. I think yeah. would be super fun, but I'm I'm definitely I definitely don't know how to do it right now. I'd have to learn. Well, play for six, play for six or seven more years, and I'll take you. Hey, so you, you go from skateboarding, and I was reading you had twenty three sacks as a senior in high school. What what position were you rushing out of? Because I also see that there's defensive tackle in your background. Yeah, yeah, I was a three technique in high school. Yeah, you were. Yeah, I was. Uh, when I came out, I was probably like two eighty five, and then. Um, probably end of my, like right going into my, my sophomore year, end of my freshman year, I had reached up to like 310 pounds. And I was like, I'll never forget the day I stepped on the scale and uh, I looked down and saw it. And I just felt slow on that day of workouts. And I just went home through all my snacks away. You know, mom's hooking me up with all the, you know, gushers and fruit <laughs> snacks and just all the bad stuff and cereal, just all the BS. And um, I changed my diet on that day and just, uh, you know, my body changed as I started feeding it better. And, you know, that I slowly but surely got to where I'm at now. But he was a four-star prospect. And if I'm yeah. not mistaken, you were rated higher than Aaron Donald. He's talking about three techniques 
And yeah. right, how about that one? I mean, what, what a what a yeah. what a you are one of the best prospects in the country. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, I was pretty highly uh, recruited, but you know, back then I think a lot more players got missed. Yeah, and uh, you know, Aaron Donald is is a special special player. I, we we came out the same year, and I uh, will never forget when I saw him at the combine, and I'm just like looking him up and down. You know, always look up the competition and see, you know, because he had all got all the rewards and stuff. I remember he went he went and ran his forty, and he ran like four six or something like that, like something in the high four sixes, and he was like two eighty five to ninety. I just remember being like, "Damn, bro, that is that is nuts." All right, we got to step away for a break. More with Cassius March. Get into his other interests outside of football here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. Our special guest this week, Cassius Marsh, the Bears outside linebacker. A uh, few games here with the Bears so far, making an impact on that Bears front seven. Look at the slowdown, Aaron Rodgers. We'll get into that a little bit, uh, Cassius, with your experience against Packer football. I don't know what it is, but we're going to dig into it. But, boy, you, you have a lot of interest. One I'm going to start out with right away. Cameo came at me many times. Hey, you know, this would be a cool thing. I'm like, nah, yeah. that's not me. So uh, a year and a half ago, I, I, I accept. And so I started doing cameos. Right. Only to learn that the first investor of Cameo is none other than Cassius Marsh. How did this all come about? What, a, what an amazing idea back in 2017. How'd you get in, involved with that? Yeah, man, it, it's it's a phenomenal idea, and um, you know my partners Stephen Galanis and Martin Blanco, they've they've been able to take the company to um, to an amazing place. I mean, it's a it's a huge company, billion dollar company now, and so I'm super proud of that. So you know, I've been the first investor, but um, how it all occurred was uh, Martin uh, was actually one of my agent. I was co represented. He was an agent representing me off the field. He had a buddy at Nike who had just had a baby. And, um, I just called to congratulate them. He's like, Hey, my, my friends are big Seahawks fans. If they're a fan of yours, you can call and just, you know, congratulate them on the birth of their child. And I, you know, said something and brought the wife to tears and, and she just said she was going to cherish it forever. You know, obviously women are, are super like really emotional after they have children and, and, you know, it's all about the baby. And so I'm sure it maybe struck a chord on, on that day, you know, my, but it, it inspired something in, in Martin to uh, to bring the idea and, and the uh, just what happened to what happened uh, and, and bring you know the uh, the occasion to Stephen and he was like this is a business like we need to turn this into a business and so um, I think you know they they started to got the got all the legal done and, and that was the first one that they they brought the idea to for investment. Um, you know, out of disrespect for, you know, being the reason why I had started and I gave him my investment. And, you know, as a rookie, when you're, when you're spending badly and stuff, you know, you really had to think about those things, but it was such an, an amazing idea. And I trusted that they would, you know, take care of the money I was giving them. And, and it's the, uh, the best money I've ever spent in my life, man. It's been, uh, it's provided, you know, it's a great investment also, but it's, you know, it's a huge network and it's allowed me to open up my mind to like the business world and stuff and everything that, you know, there is to offer off the field. So it's been a blessing and super proud of being a part of Cameo. It's a modern day version of asking a player for an autograph if you're doing it from a sports perspective, but your other jam is trading cards. Yeah, I mean, obviously I was a fan of sports cards too. You know, I remember when, you know, the, the Michael Jordan Gatorade uh, edition, the special edition cards came out and you know, I was, I was generally in sports cards a little bit, but I loved Pokemon cards growing up, loved Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And then I found Magic the Gathering, which is a, 
one of the most popular trading card game in the world, played worldwide. There's a pro league. I found that when I was like 11 years old and I was hooked. Um, been into it ever since. Started investing seriously and playing very seriously when um, when I got drafted and it was like my off the field thing. Um, had my card stolen um, and that kind of blew up and made everybody aware of, you know, me playing magic and kind of brought a ton, a ton of attention to that world that, you know, was kind of a mystery to a lot of people. Kept investing and, you know, became an influencer and now have my own store. And uh, in the last year, the trading card market has just exploded on, on several different fronts, Pokemon, um, sports cards, Magic the Gathering. There's all kinds of new trading card games and collectibles that are that are blowing up and raising in price and you know it's one of the one of the best alternative investments in the country right now so i'm, I'm just super passionate about it i love it it's a it's a super fun business and it allows me to it allows me to have something off the field that you know um that i really love and i'm passionate about and so my store cash cards unlimited is you know my 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 locker room away from the locker room i'll stay do you deal with clientele from five to fifty or is there a demographic that you deal with in this business? There's a wide, wide demographic. I mean, there's definitely kids that'll come in that are, you know, nine and 10. And, and then there's older men that'll come in, you know, uh, 50 and up as well. So I'd say sports cards are generally where a lot of those guys lie. But Magic the Gathering has young players and, 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 and older players who've gotten in it since, you know, it came out in 93, excuse me. And then, you know, Pokemon, there's just this, this now there's really a wide range of people who are into it. And especially now with like the investment uh, side of things, there's, there's a ton of people who are investing in it cause it's fun. And uh, it's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of money to be made in the market. So the demographic is extremely wide. When we hear about the ultimate, the Superman comic book or the Honus Wagner card and how much value these have, is there like a, a card that you're searching for or you have, or, I mean, is there one out there that's like the, the top of the, the top of the mountain? There's a, t I mean, for Magic the Gathering, a PSA or a BGS or Beckett 10 um, Alpha Black Lotus would be, you know, uh, um, at least a million dollar card. You know, there's cards in Magic or in Pokemon that are, that are up there as well. Really rare cards. The Illustrator Pikachu is like, you know, in a PSA 10 would be extremely up there as well. There's some really expensive cards in a game, uh, trading card game called MetaZoo. There's extremely expensive cards in F1 and UFC and NFL cards, modern cards. I mean, a Luka Doncic's card sold for like $4.3 not too long ago. I mean, the cards, like some of these Panini cards and, 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 and product is just... There's a lot of like like I said. There's a lot of money to be made in the older cards and modern cards. So I'm I'm looking for whatever you know is a big hit. You know, obviously in Magic, I, I love it. I'm super passionate and play. You know, I, I love collecting cards in general. I love the card arts and and all that kind of stuff. So it's a uh, there's there's a lot there's a lot to to learn about trading cards. To be honest, also a whole different language for guys like right. us. So I tried to jot down yeah. research and some of your stuff. So <laughs> you're very comfortable on camera as well so you're shooting your your videos to promote things and your store is uh, cash cards unlimited is that uh, uh uh an actual store in california as well or is it an online store it is both so oh, okay. we have a uh we have a, a storefront in westlake village california okay and then cashcardsunlimited.com is is our website where we sell um a, everything sealed product um sports pokemon magic everything um and then you know, uh, 
We've got our socials. We do live breaks on uh, on whatnot. We do all kinds of stuff, man. So um, if you're into trading cards, go check us out. Um, Cash Cards Unlimited. Yeah, I, I see words like Discord. I, I don't know, you know, what the what, what <laughs> yeah, the Discord. context is. What's Discord? Yeah, yeah. What's Discord? Join our Dis- So Discord is an app that basically is the ultimate communication app. Like you can just do everything. You create groups that are for certain communication. Um, it organizes uh, it organizes and basically creates a community um, for any business or any um, like group. There's a lot of NFT discords out there. There's a lot of like trading card discords. Um, it just makes it easy for you to build a community with people that are interested in the same thing as you are. And so uh, Cash Cards Unlimited Discord has, you know, a sports section, Magic the Gathering, Pokemon. You know, there's a general trash talk one that you can go and just talk talk some, you know, talk some trash to everybody in the chat. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun, man. I got to admit that Discord's a, an awesome app. So, Cash, when I was playing in the NFL, once you became part of a football card, they used to send you the whole complete set. And right. it's boxed up. And so I have a bunch of these cards that are boxed up. They've never been open in the years I right. played in the NFL. Is there anything to those cards or are they just part of the past? It, it depends on what year, um, what company. Um, but if there's certain rookies in there, then, yeah, I mean, if they're in good shape and you can get them graded, yeah, there's some, there's definitely some value in there for the rookie cards, especially. I'll be I've this. never opened them up. Yeah. Well, oh, I'll- so they're, so they're sealed boxes. Yes, I think yeah. there's, yeah, I mean, it, depending on who the rookies are, because it's a complete set and, and depending on what company released it, because I believe during the time that, that you were playing for the trading card industry is something called the, like the junk wax era. Um, it's basically where all of the NFL and NBA and, and I think a little bit of the uh, MLB, they had given out so many contracts um, to different like trading card companies that the value of the cards just diminished completely because right. there's too many copies out there, you know? So there's so many rookie cards from those years that it's, you know, it, it kind of killed the value on a lot of it. I mean, so, we, we need a couple hours yeah, to go over this because we haven't even talked about I know, field. I know. So we, we got to, we got to get you out of here. You got work to do. We're running out of time. So let's, let's do some quick answers. How about this? Uh, yeah. You get the Packers. You got the Packers Sunday night. It's got to be a thrill anytime you go into Lambeau. And now you're in a Bears jersey, rivalry and all that. Tom keeps talking about the toe, the toe of Aaron Rodgers. He's go for the toe. What are you, what are you going for on Sunday night? Man, definitely got to put pressure on, on Aaron. Uh, I mean, that's the number number one way to, to stop any quarterback, putting putting pressure on him, um, not allowing him to, to get out of the pocket and make big plays down the field. Playing sound defense, communication, all those things, man. You just got to play sound football against a guy like him. You know, when he goes out there, um, he expects big-time performances, and everybody does because he's done it so consistently. So if you want to win games against him, you you have to play good defense, and, you know, offense will support and special teams will support. But uh, it's, it's always a challenge playing against Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's a special guy. He's got um, great feeling in the pocket, and obviously he's got the arm to make every throw on the field. So there's a ton of respect for the guy. You know, just look forward to the challenge. How much is the collection worth? That's what I got. And, and how many tattoos you got? Because you're tatted up, boy. <laughs> <laughs> tattoos, tattoos, man. I don't have an answer for that. I, I mean, my entire chest, back, and arms are covered. I've started a leg sleeve, so I don't know how what the number is, but I'm, I'm I've got 
I can tell you the number of body parts that are covered. <laughs> I don't know if I want to know. Yeah, yeah. You got a favorite? Yeah. <laughs> you got yeah, a favorite, yeah. though? You got a favorite? My favorite tattoo, I put my son's handprint on the back of my calf. And so awesome. that, that means by far the most to me. And then my my Magic the Gathering collection is definitely uh, in the six six to possibly seven figure range. Uh, wow! It's yeah, yeah. Good I've done you. well investing in Magic cards. Good so. for you. Who knew the things you can make money on? Unbelievable. Yeah. Alternative investments. Looking <laughs> exactly, exactly. Let's talk, Cassius. Let's let's take a meeting, as they say. Anyway, hey, holler at me anytime, bro. Good, good luck on Sunday night. Get ready for a Bears win on Sunday night. Thank you so much. Oh no, doubt. thanks, guys. Thanks, That's Cassius Cash. Marsh. That's our, our next segment. Tom and I will break down the Bears and Packers. Some matchups to watch here on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. Download the Chicago Bears app to play our new predictor game, Risk It, brought to you by Bet Rivers for your chance to win $250 in free bets and a custom Bears jersey. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, pleased to be joined by our old friend and a good friend, Wayne Larravee, the veteran voice of the NFL. Notice how I say NFL because you've been in several <laughs> spots in some legendary places, obviously, with Kansas City right here in Chicago and, of course, the Green Bay Packers. How you doing? And uh, did you enjoy your bye week, my friend? Yeah, hey, good to be with you guys, number one. I did and uh, enjoyed listening to your broadcast on Sunday, uh, although the outcome I know wasn't good for you guys, but nonetheless, um, always a good broadcast and a good listen to you guys when I get a chance to. Uh, so take a pulse of the Packers for us. Fill us in. They're 9-3. and three. Um, You know, when you look at the injury situation they've had to overcome, um, you know, that's probably uh, about as good as you could expect. Um They've had the one bad game against New Orleans in the opener. Nobody understands why that happened, but it did. And I guess every team, even good teams, get uh, one or two weeks a year where you, it just doesn't happen for you, and and you have one of those days. But aside from that, um, they have been uh, they've been outstanding, overcoming one injury after another. And you know, you lose two thirds of your best three players on defense and still survive. Uh, that's saying a lot. I'm amazed when I look at the stats of the Green Bay Packers and the discrepancy of targets and catches from Devontae Adams to every other one of your receivers. Is that because the greatness of Devontae Adams or is it a lack of talent on the other side? Well, I think part of it's the uh, greatness of Devontae Adams. Absolutely, Tom. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the other factor is uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling was being targeted a lot early in the season, missed five games of the hamstring. So that kind of throws it out of whack. Plus, they lose Robert Tunyon, who also is a guy, especially in the red zone, that would get some targets. But, um, no, the, the the greatness of Devontae Adams. And the other receivers, Tom, have uh, have not emerged um, on a regular basis. You know, the Alan Lazards. Uh, Randall Cobb is a guy until he um, hurt his uh, uh, groin in, uh, leg injury against the uh, Rams. Not sure what he'll sta his status will be for this week. But he was starting to, in clutch situations, third downs, red zone situations, he was a target uh, that Rodgers was going to. But um, I, I think you'll see as the season evolves, they'll get some of those guys involved a little bit more. They have to diversify a little bit more. But Devontae's greatness, why wouldn't you throw it to him that many times? So going to the other side of the ball. I'm always amazed um, being an ex-offensive lineman. You study defensive lineman, Kenny Clark, 26 years old, six years in the league. Is Outside of the Devondre Campbell, is he the most important player right now in your defense because of some of the back-end injuries you have? Yeah, you know, 
I, I, you could make that argument, uh, in my opinion, absolutely. And, you know, he's only 26 years old. Seems like he's been around forever. Right. Seems like an old guy, doesn't he? Right. <laughs> I mean, no, he's, and Tom, he's been great. You know, in the past couple of years, he got hurt early in the season and played through the injuries, and it took him till December before he became a factor. Well, he's been a factor from day one. And, yeah. um, you know, those of us, and, and you're different from Jeff and I. Jeff and I have to watch the perimeter of the game. You can watch the trenches and understand them a little bit better than I can. Larry McCarron, my partner, is the same way. Um, you guys see more in the trenches than we do. So there will be games where Kenny Clark has maybe three tackles, and you say, wow, he didn't really show up, did he? Yeah, but he was a major factor in why yeah. Rashawn Gary got a sack and Devondre Campbell did the, made these many tackles and that type of thing. So I, I can't agree with you more. I think he is, um, you know, quietly uh, kind of a tacit key piece to the whole puzzle. Voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee, our guest here on Bears All Access. It's brought to you by IGS Energy here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Uh, Wayne, no team is without uh, some issues in terms of what coaches really would like to and see improvement on. And I'm, I'm thinking it's red zone on both sides of the ball at times and third down on both sides of the ball at times for the Green Bay Packers. Are those two points that you're hearing from uh, your head coach there, Matt LaFleur, and defensive coordinator Joe Barry? Yes, absolutely, Jeff. Uh, those were two points of emphasis during the bye week and the self-scout and all that that went into it. We'll see how it all pans out when they get back on the field. But, you know, it's amazing they're 9-3, and three, and yet they have struggled in those two areas uh, because the, that's the money part of the game. I mean, third downs, converting third downs, um, forcing your opponent off the field on third down, and then in the red zone. And, and they have really struggled in both areas. Um, the offensive struggles are uh, interesting because it's hard to pinpoint what it really is. Now, they've had numerous injuries on this offensive line, um, and this line is held up well. Uh, but there is no David Bakhtiari. Uh, there is no Corey Lindsley on that line. Um, you know, they have had uh, no Elton Jenkins on the line. So this is not the same caliber of offensive line the Packers have had for the last couple of years. And I think that's a big part of it in the red zone because I think in the red zone, um, you, you are really effective when you can threaten the run or run the football in the red zone. And your offensive line has a lot to do with that when everything is condensed in that part of the field. How's the toe? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's amazing what medicine can do, but. <laughs> and I'm sure some more medicine will be used this week, I would guess. But no, he's going to play through it. And you know what? It's interesting, though, because in the Rams game, he was fine for like three quarters, and then you could see him limping in the fourth quarter. So I, I imagine, Tom, you know these things better than we do. I'm not going to speculate what that medicine is. I'm not speculating at all. I don't know what it would be. Um, but Aaron's gutting it out in, uh, in he'll play. But the, the problem is, guys, you know, uh, and, and Tom, you know this especially being a player. Uh, there's a reason you guys practice. You know what I mean? And if yeah. you can't practice, it does show up eventually in a game. And Roger's greatness. I mean, he can make it work and all that. But there's certain timing things. There will be misses in this game Sunday night that you'll sit there and say, wow, that, they should have made that. Uh, and, and it doesn't happen because maybe the timing's not quite there. You think of the weather conditions in the last Monday night's game in Buffalo, how horrific it is. And then I'm a weather type of guy where I look up at the weather and they said there could be sustained winds up to 40 miles an hour Sunday night in Green Bay. Is, is Aaron Rodgers has the ability to talk right through weather conditions and say, I'm still throwing the ball? Or 
because if you have the two-headed monster and such a, a, a well-run running game, even with some of the offensive line issues, it, can Green Bay go to that, you know, Belichick type of game plan where you don't remove the quarterback, but you don't need him as much and you, you favor your running game? Yeah, I think they can. Um, and again, depending on the condition of the field, Aaron Jones and depend, depending on his health, uh, Aaron was not 100% at all against the Rams. He should be better this week. Uh, but, you know, with the when you look at A.J. Dillon, Tom, he's that uh-huh. kind of back who can take over a game like that. And, in fact, when the Packers in the second half started winning the line of scrimmage against the Rams, they started out physicaling, uh, physicaling the Rams, if that's even a word. Um, they, when they took over the line of scrimmage, in a physical sense, it was A.J. Dillon who was doing that. And and that's so they're certainly capable of playing that game. But you know A-Rod's going to throw it, even if the wind is blowing, he's <laughs> going to throw it. <laughs> Wayne Larravee, our guest here, our final moments with a veteran voice of the Green Bay Packers here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. All right, let's talk a little bit more about Dylan because going deeper into his athleticism, his explosion, this is an athlete. This is not just some big burly back that can't ratchet up the the explosiveness. He can outrun guys. He's got uh, great vertical explosiveness to him. Uh, His feet are great in the hole. He can make jump cuts, and then he can just run you over like a bulldozer. Uh, This is an intriguing future for this big back. Yeah, uh, certainly. And as we say with any prospect, with any young player in this league, if he can stay healthy, uh, which is no easy chore, as everybody knows. But this guy has a, a lot of ability, Jeff. You're right. He's become an excellent receiver out of the backfield. He was never a receiver at Boston College. They just didn't throw to their backs. But he's an excellent receiver. He's become very reliable and blitz pickup, and he's big enough to do that. And then, you know, you mentioned the running, uh, the, the feet. You know, he he has the feet of a much lighter man. And you saw that in earlier this year. He tightrope the sidelines for like a 50-yard reception, that type of thing. Um, you know, this is a really gifted uh, young man. Uh, who combines power and speed and burst with, um, with I think, just a, a great uh, ensemble of ability that they can use in many different ways. All right, lastly, so you have some great players on the defensive side of the ball, Jair Alexander and Zadarius uh, Smith, obviously looking to come back, and Bakhtieri. Uh, so what is it look like in terms of prognosis, whether this week or in the coming weeks, because that makes a big difference for your playoff push. Yeah, you know, and I think they want to get those guys on the field if they can a week or two before the playoff run. Uh, You need to get those guys up to speed. David Bakhtiari, we'll know more later this week as to what their status is. I would be surprised, personally, just judging from the outside looking in, I'm not sure any of them will be ready to go this week. But if they can get those guys back on the practice field, that would be a big step forward uh, when you look at uh, coming up in January where they're going to really need those guys. All right, Wayne, we appreciate your time, uh, as always, and we'll see you on Sunday night at Lambeau Field. Glad we could work it out, Jeff. Good. We'll look forward to seeing you Sunday night. Tom and I have one more segment to go to preview the Bears and the Packers, meeting number 204 in the history of this great rivalry here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW. People to get it with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, breaking down Bears and Packers. As promised, some sound from Allen Robinson today. Tommy spoke about a lot of different things, tracking towards a return after three missed games with a hamstring injury. He's had just 30 catches on the season, less than 400 yards, one touchdown. He's had an ankle problem. He's had a hamstring problem. He's had rotating quarterbacks and rotating bodies on an offense, still trying to find ways to get in the end zone. Overall, a tough season. Yeah, I mean, um, seasons like this are, are tough. 
you know, they're extremely tough. Again, being able to try to uh, compartmentalize all of it and, you know, put certain things to the side and, you know, trying to focus on the main things, which are, you know, continuing to improve, you know, figuring out how to get better, you know, figuring out how to possibly change the result that's happening and, and figuring out, you know, how to continue to, you know, put yourself in a position to ultimately do what you want to do and that's win the game, you know. So um, it's, it's tough when you have uh, seasons like this, you know. Um, but, again, I mean, the season's not over, so we got to just continue to, you know, push forward and, and continue to challenge each other to get better and to, and to improve on the things that we've done this far. How difficult is it, more than likely, without him admitting it, that he's had 300 targets combined the previous two seasons, and that target total is way down this year? Yeah, but, you know, there's so many circumstances along the career of Allen Robinson as a Chicago Bear, and you think the multiple changes at the quarterback position, the lack of getting things repetitiously improved because you see thousands of opportunities with them, and then you get an injury like this at this stage of the season because it's so fragile with being on a franchise contract and people having that narrative. But, you know, Allen Robinson, Jeff, I think to both you and I, the effort he gives in practice, the his uh, being valuable every single day in practice, the making the difficult catches across the middle. Yeah, he, he may not be uh, a stretch the field type of guy, but I, I would. I hope he leaves a good lasting impression on the Bears fans in in this uh, stretch of games here. I'm okay with having a similar game plan to last week because, as I thought about it, they ran 71 plays offensively, and that is with four interceptions in a game. That you think those drives would add even more to it. So the idea was ball control, keep Kyler Murray and the offense off the field. Would that serve you well in a similar vein against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? Because he wants to do that to the Bears. And he, want, he doesn't have the patience sometimes to make the big play, uh, and the Bears have to frustrate him in that regard. But keeping him off the field is always, always going to be the prime task, right? Well, Jeff, it's going to be interesting to see um, on your first four or five calls of the game when the Green Bay is on defense. What are they looking at? You know, it's you know we can be prepared because we see the Bears all the time, and you get a little bit of a feeling and a sense of what they do. So now you go on the field, and are they attacking Justin Fields, the rookie quarterback, in a hostile environment that they don't believe he's going to give you a lot of time? Or are they defensing just, uh, Justin Fields, a guy with great athleticism, that if he can con- consistently get outside the tackle box with an open throwing window, he's got the ability and the feet to really give you a challenge or beat you. So it's going to be interesting to watch or you know, to listen to that portion of the game to see how Green Bay is seeing Justin Fields. And I think with Aaron Jones uh, back and, and it's pretty much healthy along with A.J. Dillon, uh, but then the in- invitation by Aaron Rodgers to try and exploit matchups because of his receivers and certainly Devontae Adams primed to that. Uh, you also got Marquez Valdez-Scantling healthy, and he's a threat deep. You've got uh, a lot of different ways to go, even without Robert Tunyon, Randall Cobb up in the air as well because – the Bears are still searching for some consistency on the back end of their defense. Yeah, Jeff, you, you know, I, I and not to avoid the, the back end of the defense, but the thing that can help the back end of the defense is the most is like Robert Quinn, if David Bottiari didn't come back and was playing left tackle. And then Robert Quinn put significant pressure quickly on Aaron Rodgers. Would that give you different opportunities in the back end of defense? So you're not going to do one without the other. 
it's always going to be a combination of the two that's going to help either the defensive line with great coverage or great coverage to help the defensive line. And with that, Aaron Rodgers does not give up the football. He's only had one interception yeah. since the last game the Bears played. He's only had four all year. This is the story of his career, frankly. So Jalen Johnson was asked today, do you take chances against Aaron Rodgers? Nah, he'll be a fool if you did that. He knows what he's doing. I mean, you can't you can't take too many chances or do too much. I mean, you just really want to honestly stay stay true to yourself, to the defense, and um, I mean, just play with good technique. I mean, he's going to take advantage of guys who are trying to do too much and get out of character. I mean, you just got to take the ones that he brings to you. Um, and I mean, honestly, he doesn't do that too often. So I mean, you just got to live with that fact. That's true. Yeah, I mean, you got to keep the game in front of you. If you go out there and you make some silly break on a ball and all of a sudden the uh, wide receiver, Devontae or whomever, they catch it and then they're open in the open space, giving points to Aaron Rodgers is too risky. So if you could be aggressive up and at the line of scrimmage but be able to keep the guys in front of you so you don't get exposed to that one-play 80-yard scoring drive. And be prepared for his second quarter. They're one of the top scoring teams in the second quarter yeah. this year, as it turns out. So, you know, again, they like to go for that two-for-one right before the break and get the ball in the second half and get another score, and that puts distance and steals a possession away from the opposition. It'll be a rowdy environment, and sure, the Packers currently try to secure home field advantage in the playoffs, uh, a schedule that uh, is very similar to the Bears. It's not been simple, but Aaron Rodgers makes a big difference as always. Well, Tom, we're out of time. Appreciate it. We'll Ugh. talk to you on Sunday night, buddy. Bye, right, Big Jeff. That's Tom Thayer. Thanks again to our guest, Cassius Marsh, along with Wayne Larravee, the voice of the Green Bay Packers. For Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks to our producers, Jordan Trudup and Dan Barilli, and everybody at The Score. That'll do it for us. This has been Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good night.